Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to Canon Talk. I'm your host, Warner, uh, and my host as usual, Aiden. Um, also, just want to apologize for the, you know, us postponing the podcast last week. But I mean, family comes first, and I mean, we had a couple of cases of COVID here at home. But I mean, we're back and ready to roll. Hope everybody's doing good your side, you know, in the household after that. But um, yeah, welcome back, everyone. Arsenal, you know, took on a gutsy Wolves side who've, who've been causing a lot of upsets in the league this season. And we also, you know, discussed the Brentford game thereafter. Yeah. So football back again after the, the layoff, actually, from the uh, winter break and that summer, um, the yeah, summer training camp. Um, the lineup, I must say, was a bit. Uh, not too disappointed. I mean, I was. I think everybody was actually looking as, as a Gooners group at the right back situation. But I mean, Tommy also again um, missing as he's battling with his fitness. Uh, Cedric then came in, and I mean, for me, I mean, my take personally on on the whole Tommy Asa situation, I would actually just prefer, you know, if Arteta was a bit more straightforward with regards to that, because I mean, it's not uh, we keeping it say from okay from the opponent. But I mean, even if it's post-match, but I mean, keep us updated somehow on like what his situation is, because I mean, all we ended up seeing him was in that one match, we just end up uh, sitting on the deck and holding his calves and we had, it was like a calf problem. So I mean, like at least give us a bit more, you know, input on the matter. I mean, I don't know what your take was, like not only from the starting 11, but also now missing uh, Tommy Asso again in the first team. Uh, I think that was one of my big concerns, you know, because Tommy yeah. Asso, you know, from being the guy that I didn't want, you know, when we signed him, not, you know, exciting me, but to a guy that, you know, is one of my first names on the team sheet. So, you know, when I saw he was out and Cedric was in, you know, Cedric not having the best of games whenever he's deputized for, you know, at right back. I think we also question one game, you know, why didn't the likes of Chambers play? I think it could have been against um, the Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Where we question the decisions behind everything. And, but, you know, Xhaka party in the middle of the park, I couldn't have asked for more. And, you know, just like you said, as a team that kind of picked itself, it's just Smith Rowe, you know, he's also the guy that should be fighting for that starting spot. But, you know, we can only play 11. So I thought it was pretty good Arsenal side, a side that should dominate the midfield. And it was good to have Xhaka and party in, in the middle of the park together again. I mean, for me, the only thing that was also a bit weird for me, you know, we are, actually had a situation where finally the commentators didn't have anything to talk about with regards to Aubameyang because that chapter's now been kind of closed. And for me, also, no, you know, in the back of my mind thinking, you know, there's now, you know, everything has now been cleared up. There's no more calling upon him. He's now, you know, officially a Barca player and that. So all that, all that, that sort of ties get, so like, you know, cut away from everything. But I mean, back to the match and our focus on the game. Uh, the game kicks off. Arsenal already start quite, you know, almost like at a frenetic, frenetic pace, already forcing uh, Wolves back. And I think Wolves end up also in the panic, giving us a f- early free kick away. And I think, sorry, an early corner away. But I mean, that being said, about seven, eight minutes later, Wolves are start getting themselves back into the game. Uh, Thomas Party, you know, I, I don't know if Ben White almost like misjudged the cross coming in. But, I mean, he ends up intercepting and almost like uh, just ushering the ball to Ramsdale. But, I mean, already the early warns, the warning signs for Arsenal as well. But I think, you know, as much as you mentioned about the early warnings, I think yeah. um, Arsenal were, were, were giving Wolves as good as it got because 
you know, normally it's Arsenal that were always on the back foot against Wolves, but I think, you know, in this game, Arsenal were actually, you know, dictating more. And, and, yeah. and you know, normally we slow out of the blocks and we get, you know, you could get punished, but it seemed like Arsenal came there with the right mindset. You know, maybe, like you said, that the bombing distraction's gone as well as a two-week yeah. break, maybe did they want this? Yeah. Then 22nd minute, uh, size ends up tripping luck as it, the uh, ensuing free kick uh, gets taken. Uh, the ball gets flung to the box. Uh, the keeper ends up flapping at the ball. And then Gabriel and Ben White both see the rebounds blocked by the keeper. But I mean, alarm bells on the ring for, for Wolves as Arsenal start gaining a bit of confidence. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's just, it, it was a, it's a, it's a very tough game to come up against Wolves. But, you know, Arsenal has really got stuck in earlier. And you could feel that, you know, Arsenal were asserting the dominance yeah, in the yeah. game, which I like, which I like. You know, it's just something that. You and I have spoken about in the past, you know, how we get bullied sometimes. And being away from home, it, it just seemed like we, we started on the front foot. Yeah. Then 25th minute, total case from an Arsenal corner in the Wolves' defence. Lacazette ends up getting taken out by Jose Sa in the Wolves' goal. Um, the ball ends up spilling loose and Gabriel ends up prodding in the goal from close range. One of Arsenal. Good to see. You know, we've been always talking, you know, right before the season even started. Um, a guy like Koscielny missing because, you know, he was always one of those guys that as a defender getting in amongst the goals and Gabriel slowly but surely doing that this season. Yeah, I mean, with regards just to that old, you know, the build-up to it, uh, you know, the way you saw it, did you think also, just, I'm like, you know, just hypothetically now, if that ball didn't go in or was choked off, do you think that Lacazette was actually taken out by the keeper? Yes, I, I do think so. I don't think so. He, I know they were checking for a free kick, you know, for yeah. Wolves, but I I do think that could have, you know, easily gone against Wolves and been a yeah, penalty decision yeah. instead of the goal. Yeah. Then 34th minute, Poden sends a route one ball down the Arsenal, uh, you know, over the Arsenal defence. The balls end up, you know, bouncing goalwards and, you know, Jimenez is already suddenly queuing himself up for the chance and he ends up almost like getting kind of put off by advancing being why to just nix the ball off him but i mean again a warning sign for arsenal yeah i know even his has been you know back to himself you know, after that a thick injury so you know that was it was a good um danger snuffed out by by ben white and he just even um gabriel's partnerships of each and every game going from strength to strength yeah then for the second minute uh, uh we'll switch from defense to attack from an arsenal corner the ball ends up getting blocked from Lacazette, but as the ball ends up breaking forward, uh, Nelson Samedo ends up getting the ball and going on a about half the pitch length run. He ends up cutting the ball in on his left foot, and I mean he, he starts queuing up to where to shoot, but then I mean, he ends up shaving, you know, just going past the goal. Yeah, I know. Just like you said, Arsenal needed to shoot. It's just like you know they were almost ushering the game out to halftime and could have seen. Yeah. You know, very early on a Wolves goal that could have changed the changed the game of uh, complex of the game very quickly. But I mean, this is something that I think you mentioned in like months back already, where you said what you don't get about Arsenal, even though look, we do look a bit solid, say with Arteta, with you know whether we're attacking now, uh, uh, you know, a chance when we're having to attack the opponent's goal. But it's all like, and this is where I want to bring up that point that you made where. If we get counted fast from our own corner, the sort of recovery time, it, it, it looks sluggish sometimes for us. And I think that is actually the thing where 
you can see serious work needs to be done. I'm not talking not just now, but I mean even in the summer because we always look vulnerable when when the team breaks from our corner. Yeah, no, I I, I, I can't imagine how many goals we've conceded where you know it's an Arsenal corner and you you know thinking. Oh wait, there could be a goal out coming for us. Next thing you know, you know the ball's in the back of our net. And I mean, I, I mean, it's just a bit off topic here, but I mean, for me, that sort of thing always reminds me of that game. I'm not sure you remember it, where we were playing Liverpool and Bellerin and Salah running for the ball, and I'm like, once Salah's passed uh, Bellerin, it's almost like there's nobody in our half. It's just our goalkeeper that's there. And uh, I mean, I think Salah ends up running right through from the halfway line or from there off. Runs right through and he ends up scoring. So that's sort of warning things. I was I was thinking that almost like playing in my head when I saw somebody on that run. I thought it was going to be something like that. Yeah, no, um, you know, like I said, thanks to lucky stars, we got into <laughs> to halftime at one 0 Especially you know, Wolves started to grow in stature. You know, it was like Arsenal started taking that foot off that accelerator and allowing Wolves to you know slowly sneak their fa- um, faces back into the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, we also had a big, big chance in the 43rd minute because, you know, great work by Odegaard and, and, and uh, Saka gets, uh, you know, the chance there for, for Lacazette. And I think he could have chosen left or right side of the keeper and he ends up shooting straight down the keeper's throat. And I mean, for me, I would have really liked to have gone in, you know, especially in a situation where you've got a, a, a crowd at, at the Molyneux, Molyneux, I mean, that, that was really riled up for this. I mean, it wasn't like playing it at Palace's ground where that crowd just keep on rocking constantly for that, you know, the 45 like that. No, but I mean, it's, the, the biggest problem is like it, you know, needs to do better with his finishing. And like, it's just, it's, it's just not good enough at the moment for a guy leading the line. And then, of course, what also did my head in just before halftime when Granit Xhaka ends up getting a needless, needless yellow card. Oh, yes. It. Yeah, where he just pulls the guy's jersey like that. I was like, why? Like, it's like deliberate, man. It's not even it's a mistake, you know. He literally grabs in the guy's sweater and just pulls it. I mean, that needs to be ironed out of the game. I mean, that could, could have been costly. And I mean, especially now, it's, it's like, you know, you, you're in a, a, a defensive midfield, midfielder position. And I mean, you are going to have to make tackles. And I was already, I mean, honestly, I was dreading the second half because I was just thinking... He's just going to go get pear shaped here for us because of something like that, you know, that lack of discipline. And that is the side of the game where, I mean, it's all good and well. Like uh, that other day when, when Shaka said something like, uh, you know, he's almost like setting his ways. You can't really change it. But I mean, if you're going to, are you going to constantly try to hamstring your team by doing stuff like this? Because for me, it was needless. And I mean, especially when you got people floating about and that, you know, they're thinking, going to cover your backside and then yeah. you don't need to do things like this. For me, sometimes, I mean, I don't know how you see things or when you would play football, but I mean, I'd rather get myself in the way and almost like make myself like an obstruction than, uh, you know, just pulling on people. I just don't go for for, for uh, Xhaka now, but for me, when I watch Arsenal defend also, there's always a lot of, uh, with Gabriel also, a lot of hands on the person. Because if you can show your upper body strength, you can jockey somebody. You don't need to... You know, shove somebody or pull on somebody. Yeah, just 100%. Like he makes a mistake, he gets his timing wrong, and then he yeah. goes for that. Yeah, and then okay, we go, move on to the second half. Um, again, fifty-third minute, Gabriel again on end to make a, a solid block from Trincao. And I mean, you could actually see already in the second half, 
Bruno Lange, he's already kind of, you know, there's a sort of reaction that you see from the players. You can actually see it's from a team that gets a solid talking to, almost like Alex Ferguson's dryer treatment. Because, I mean, the way they came out flying that second half, you knew there was going to be an onslaught. And I think it was also a period where I thought to myself, here comes that, you know, what you and I always talk about in the podcast, that, that 20 minutes of, of, of total onslaught where you have to like, just weather the storm and try to hold out. Yeah, no, it, 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 it had to be very good disciplined defence by Arsenal, you know, because if you slip a foot wrong, you know, the crowd, like you said, is already rocking. It was yeah. like you, you, you put a foot wrong or you give Wolves something for nothing, you know, that crowd is on your back and you could see, you know, you're, you're behind, your backside if, you, if you're not careful. Then 68th minute, also like the first substitution, Emil Smith-Rowe comes on, Odegaard comes off. I think it was now more for just the creativity side, because I mean, look, Odegaard is somebody that does play, you know, he's only like his socks off. And I think coming also back from that training camp, which was quite intense over there in Dubai, I think it was also like kind of adjusting, you know, everybody's conditioning, you know, towards the game. But that being said, then came the 69th minute. And then, of course, the, this curious, curious decision by Michael Oliver to give, within a minute, he gives Martinelli two yellows, which I find, I mean, of course, the one was a yellow. The one was already a yellow for obstruction. But I mean, not to give a guy even a talking to and just go straight yes. by hang two yellows. That for me was not on. That's basically a straight red, you know, yeah. because there was no, there was no. How can I say? There was no break between play. You know, I've never seen it happen as much as I watch football. Where you know, I've seen a straight red, but I've never seen two yellows like one and then another after the advantage. I mean. You stop the game and you yellow card the play. You say over there, yellow card done. You know, maybe you give him a talking to and say, "What are you did over there? I don't, I don't like it." And if you do something again now, I'll red card you. You know, so, I mean, with, with that old Martinelli thing, I mean, if as you said now, if he gets booked for that obstructing the throw in, he's not going to make the tackle on Chiquinho like that. We yes. Sure, yes. him to the ground. And I mean, for me, he does not. Because you'd rather just call a stop in play. Because, I mean, surely there must be also repercussions for, for officials when they make uh, blunders like this. I mean, the Arsenal down to 10. And then, you know, shortly after that good play by Arsenal. And, you know, like I said, goes one-on-one one with the keeper. And um, I just didn't feel comfortable with him one-on-one in front of the keeper. And, and how did you feel, you know, as you're staring one-on-one? Were you no, confident? No, I actually thought he was going to smash it straight into the keeper. It was like my mindset. But... <laughs> that being said, also at that moment, like a minute, I think, before that, for me, it was also a part where it was like a masterstroke by Arteta in a way, because being our man down, he ends up taking Saka off and he brings Rob Holding on. And I mean, of course, you and I have been quite skeptical, and I think a lot of gooners also uh, with regards to Holding's form whenever he starts uh, uh, matches. But I mean, he's not having to come on with us with a man down. And of course, also switch to a sort of old school Arsenal where they switched to a, a sort of sweeper system. And I mean, I haven't seen that for ages, Arsenal going that ploy. But I mean, for me, that was really a masterstroke because now you've got Ben White and, and Gabriel having to play the natural game. But you also got the protection now of Rob Holding sweeping up everything that, that it does spoil back, backwards. And I mean, he did play a big, big factor as we're going to proceed with the podcast of making key, key uh, moments in the game that kept us in the game as well. Yeah, I know it was oh it was an uphill battle from that point because of how, how like hectic the crowd was. The crowd was on our backs. It was just quite crazy. 
Yeah. Then 81st minute, Nketiah ends up coming on for Lacazette. I think Lacazette also, you know, Rainey's race. Then 83rd minute, Ramsell tips a Samedo cross. Kind of flaps at the ball, but I mean, the ball ends up going straight uh, to... Uh, what was it again? I think it spilled again to Samedo. The shot ends up getting cleared off the line. Then then Donka comes in with another follow-up, like a power header, which Ramsell, you know, quick onto his feet again, ends up tipping the ball over. And I mean, all ends for the pump now in the last period of the game. Yeah, no, we had to because it, 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 it was something else. I mean, my nerves were shot, you know, the way Wolves were coming every time. I was literally <laughs> thinking to myself, you know, there's a goal coming. When is it going to come? Yeah, because I mean, it, it, I got to also that point where I always tell you that uh, when I'm watching Arsenal and they and they back to the wall, my eye is not even picking up the clock anymore because I I just feel if I'm gonna be staring at the clock, time is gonna go fast. And I mean, Arsenal at that point were also, you know, trying to milk things or everything like you know. Yeah, I know they were definitely were. They definitely were. would like make a recovery, and all of a sudden you go sit on the pitch, and I mean that uh, that that modern new car is going like ballistic already. And then I think the last big, big chance that comes was about with that, you know, it was a good five minutes of injury time. The third minute of injury time, uh, with a cross gets flung over into the Arsenal box, you know, it was like a sort of haymaker just to cause chaos. But I mean, Jimenez is all positioned wrong and he ends up trying a scissor kick which goes high into the stands. And I mean, Arsenal end up, you know, taking this thing out of the rest of the game. Finally, it came to full time, the whistle goes, and I mean, three big, big points to Arsenal. Yeah, it was a massive performance and massive three points, like you said. I mean, especially in the thick of things, you know, yeah. uh, what yeah. happened this weekend as well, you know, us not kicking a ball, but seeming like they came out best out of all the teams that played this week. So, you know, top four is in sight and, and we take on Brentford now. Yeah. Well, I do feel that I want revenge against after that first game of the season. I feel the same, brother, because, I mean... For me, as a game, we're going to the game 6th versus 14th. Uh, you know, versus a team that I felt really sprung as a surprise in the opening game of the season. I mean, look, we end up missing on the day Aubameyang and Lacazette both had COVID. And I mean, I think the, the them, almost like us being up against the new boys first up, I think it was already <laughs> not something that you really needed, especially when you have, like, say, your two frontline forwards out ill. But I mean, for me, I just felt... They did the, the job, it was like first half against us, and then like it was like just sat back. And I mean, we were kind of toothless for the majority of that, that second half. And I mean, we just did not look com- comfortable even in the first half of that game, yeah. Yeah, I know, um, definitely. Um, you know, like I said, I think we can get revenge. I think you know, we'll miss. I know it's Martinelli. Did they give him, did they not overturn anything? Did his oh. card standing as he's uh, the red card? No, I mean, I haven't heard anything about it, but I mean, I still find it, you know, ridiculous that you will have to sit out the, the one game. Um, but, you know, just uh, to touch on, on, on Brentford now as well, I mean, if you take the, since the promotion, they started off well, uh, but it seems most of the teams in the Premier League, and I mean, it can be also a harsh learning, you know, almost like a learning uh, curve for you as a coach or a team, uh, just a newly promoted team. But I think teams have now figured out the, you know, like the X factor and now, it seems they also know how to combat how Brentford come out when they play you in it. And I mean, look, at the moment, as it stands, Brentford now have no wins in seven games. Um, but then again, January also was a nightmare for us, if you think of it. But I mean, like with regards to the, the key players in midfield, 
that Nogard, who played also at the European Championships, that also did quite well in the Euros. He's on like the, the linchpin in midfield. Then, of course, not forgetting Ivan Tony up front, who always causes chaos. And another guy that also, I mean, not really mentioned much, but is that uh, Pinnock, the defender in central defence, who's also kind of marshaled him, even in, you know, when, things, when the chips have been down. But, I mean, another guy that always catches my eye of him is that Mbuemo. It was almost like when he's together with, with uh, Tony, like goes all sorts of chaos because, I mean, the one is like a battering ram and the other one is like a speedster. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a very good combination, um, you know, that, that they have up front and, and we're going to have to, you know, it'll be a good test for us, but we have the Emirates crowd and I think, yeah. you know, hopefully the players will be fired up to want to prove a point. And I mean, with, with regards to Arsenal, I mean, our, like, for, for based on stats, and performances has been like Saka, Smith, and Thomas Party. I mean, Thomas Party, I'm somewhat surprised, but I think that also shows the sort of work that he's been putting in if he gets these good marks. And, you know, you're not really taking note of him. So it just shows you he's getting, you know, his side of things done. Then with regards to top scorers, if you go head-to-head with Arsenal and, and, and Brentford, our top goal scorers, Smith, Saka, and Martinelli with eight, six, and four, respectively. And then you go over to Brentford, Ivan Tony with six as the top goal scorer. Then comes Wisa with three and Buemo with three. Okay, it's going to be uh, quite, I think, uh, intensive fair. I think Smith Rowe, you know, our top scorer, hasn't found the net in a while. So, you know, hopefully, I don't know, does he start instead of Martinelli or, 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 or how do we. I think it would have a go. I, I mean, to be honest, I would actually give both of them a go. Because, I mean, I actually want to see Pepe also play back. Because, I mean, if you come off a, a sort of tournament like the African Nations Cup, kind of play him. Because, I mean, you've got the, especially the home advantage also now. So, you know, you want to have that sort of excitement or that buzz going from the get-go in a game like even North Brentford. Now, like, as you said, it's almost like a revenge or a payback game that we need to get over them. So, you know, get the crowd already early you know, on, on Brentford's backs, but I fully agree with you, I would also somehow integrate Smith Rowe into the squad, because I, I just think he needs also a bit of run, because I think our biggest problem sometimes with him, or especially my problem with him, is that his sort of stamina levels drop very fast, like in the yeah. game starts, like you you almost like you lose him after the 50th minute, then his legs are kind of heavy or gone, whereas, you know, if you give him like 30 minute burst, in like as a sub, he normally does chip, you know, or he becomes a, a, a big factor in the game. But I mean, as you said now, I would actually start him in the game just to also help with that stamina and the conditioning of him as a player. 100%. I mean, it has to improve. I mean, it can't stay like that. I mean, he's still young. You know, what's it going to be like in five years' time? Exactly. So now we switch ourselves to the talking point section of the podcast. Um, I don't know if any of you guys also, like, listeners, or you also knew, but, like, a few nights ago, the fans and club representatives, you know, all met each other at at the club event uh, with, you know, various decisions being made, like, with the upcoming uh, summer, with also the sort of transfer we know. And, I mean, some of the decisions that were made were that, you know, since the mural at Arsenal has now started fading over the years since we've been at the Emirates, I heard also a lot of my friends that go to the matches, they all said, like, you know, it kind of looks in a state, also the signs looks faded, you know, that the red is all, that the deep red is gone, and that, and some other stuff, like, at times, 
overgrown with weeds and stuff like that. So something needs, I'm mean, like, the stadium needs a face of, let's put it like that. And I mean, the decision made was, because look, Josh Kurunke also had a representative there to represent him, because he's, I think, still in the States. And, and uh, Vinay was, I believe, there as well. Um, a new mural is going to, a new setup is going to be made, because I think they're going to go down the path of, I'm not sure if you ever saw it in the Atletico Madrid, the current stadium now, and, and what they plan with, with the Bernabeu Stadium, where part of the, the outside outer stadium is actually covered in uh, LED screens. So you can either play like, you know, highlights packages of, of the previous games or something like that, or notifications and even like a screen or like kind of wallpaper, digital wallpaper that's also put up there. So that is one of the changes that's going to be made to the stadium in the summer. Um, also, the, with regards to the squad, uh, I think it's going to be also like, a, you know, a big spree, you know, going on for Arsenal because, I mean, look, we're losing like two forwards. Actually, we lost now total of about three forwards in a year now. Uh, that's also going to have to change midfielders. I think it's going to get also a sort of boost with probably a couple of top quality and also some, you know, backup players. Then also, I think what's also been known as that's uh, coming out from the, uh, that dull meeting was um, Tommy Yasu is going to probably get a, a younger backup that's going to be also not only like a younger backer, but also somebody that's going to push him for that position. So it's probably going to be somebody, you know, really talented that's coming through. Um, then, of course, they also added the, the financial losses for the financial year of 2021. But, I mean, all clubs have taken a, a financial lead because, look, I think it also adds up with, with all COVID stuff as well as, <laughs> you know, that, look, how many pay, players we've also paid off over yeah. January and that, like, you know, just to get rid of them because I think they, they went from the wage bill now from 187 million to about 87 million now. They've cut it now. But it's such drastic. Because I think it's the lowest yet. Even and uh, lower than uh, Wenger. Uh, the, the budget. Oh, wow. Wenger would have been proud of that. Yeah. So, uh, there's also talk of a uh, uh, summer tour to the USA. Almost like as, like, to also to probably, you know, boost funds also for for the transfer kit. So, I mean, that's also like being also to, the big topic of this discussion. Oh, wow. Everything sounds good and positive, so let's hope, you know, it changes. And I think also what, what the club are also trying to do or will attempt to do in the summer, I mean, of course, for us also, watch out plays out, is trying to have a, build a more complete squad for the summer where you don't have to dip into January again and, and buy players. Because, so, I mean, I'm actually fine with it. I think I think you and I mentioned it in the podcast either. The last one, the last one we did a few podcasts before, where we said we would actually, we actually will be fine if the club does something like that. You don't need to worry then about January and, and that old stress that comes with it. You just see that your squad is complete by August or the end yeah. of the August window. Then, then you you can you're ready to go. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think you know if we can get that right. It will bode well for the future of the club, but I think getting to the top four with with what the plans is all happening, I think you know the future could be bright and Arsenal could be an attractive club once again. Yeah, because I mean, look, we do need to start bringing in you know talent, and I mean, like for me at least, I'd really like us to bring two front line forwards that can not only you know support each other, but can also lead the line on their own. Because I think that we we've been really lacking now for years because. I think we still, you can see we, 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 uh, we're we risking that, that sort of confidence in that, that Lacazette lacks is 
fitness also you can see he's, he's lacking the also the game has slowly passed him by where maybe he can still do the business in the French League or, you know, Serie A or something like that. But I just think we don't need somebody that's able to handle a, a Premier League campaign. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. So do you have any talking points before we head out? No. no, I think that's all. Yeah, okay. So, guys, take care. Enjoy the week. Bye. Take care. Cheers, guys. Thank you.